Good morning and welcome to Urban Eat Speaks, where we're radicalizing wellness with food um, with each bite. Um, today, we're happy to have an esteemed guest with us today. Her name is Dr. Beth Morris, and we look forward to learning so much from her about whole food plant-based medicine, about lifestyle medicine, about changing your lifestyle to increase your thriving and, and, and wonderful, lustrous life. So um, what I'd like to do is start by um, welcoming you to the show it is our inaugural episode, and I'm just so happy today with the Winter Olympics to have a former Team USA athlete with us as well. So Beth is a treasure trove of information on health, medicine, and nutrition, and athleticism, and how that nutrition affects your outcomes there. So um, I'd like to tell you a little bit about Dr. Morris before we get her on the line. Um, Dr. Beth Morris uh, has a uh, dietary prevention and reversal of disease focus at her practice at Greenville Family Medicine. She is a lifestyle physician, lifestyle medicine physician, and a family medical physician with the Greenville Health System. She comes to us from Boston and is an active member of the American College of Lifestyle Medicine. She is also a faculty member, a clinical assistant professor at the USC School of Medicine in Greenville, and is extensively trained in lifestyle medicine in lifestyle medicine space. And I know a lot of you don't know what that is, but we're going to get into all that today. It really is where we need to go in the future to really live in a thriving way. Um, she studied under some of the most renowned um, plant-based physicians in the world and has an extensive background in so many things. I can't wait till you get to know her. Um, we're excited to have Dr. Morris here today, and um, she's going to help us to radicalize wellness with food. So welcome, Dr. Morris. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. Uh, we're just excited to have the opportunity to speak with you because in communities, um, all communities, we're having a great pandemic with health and chronic disease. And we just don't know what we don't know. And so we have you here today to kind of teach us and share with us those little things that we don't know so we can change our behaviors and our decisions um, in eating. So I uh, want to talk a little bit since Winter Olympics are uh, upon us about mm-hmm. your, uh, athletic, uh, your athletic history. Uh, you are a former um, member of Team USA, an athlete. Can you tell us a little about that? Yes, I was. Well, up in Boston. You know, figure skating's a little more popular up there. Yes, figure skating. Um, Love it. And so I started figure skating really when I was four years old, mm-hmm. you know, just like any other kid going to the little group skating lessons. Um, but I stuck with it over the years, mm-hmm. and um, Team USA happened to practice 22 minutes from where I grew up. In fact, I was the closest skater to the rink of all of them. Wow, what an inspiration um, <laughs> that must have been to be that close and I know, kind exactly. of every week I, when you're practicing. A, yeah. a bunch of siblings and my dad said if we lived <laughs> any further away it wouldn't have happened. But mm-hmm. anyway, I mm-hmm. tried out for the team um, when I was in high school and I made the team and it was a very cool experience. <laughs> okay, so, so Dr. Dr. Beth is making, I'm going to call you Dr. Beth for the okay, show. Okay, that's fine. Dr. Beth <laughs> is making this seem really casual, but being any kind of athlete takes rigorous practice and a lot of time and energy and focus. So if you could just kind of tell us how nutrition impacted your path to success um, with, with the world-class skating you did. Yes, okay. Well, to start off, I was a... Uh, I was a late grower. We are really mm-hmm. late growers in the Morris family. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I kind of had to do everything I could to optimize my performance. Mm-hmm. Um, because the, the bigger, stronger skaters were always favored over the smaller ones. 
Okay. Um, and I've just, I've always had an interest in nutrition. Even when I was a little kid, I always had dried fruit in my Easter basket and all my siblings had candy. That's just always the way it was. Um, mm. But when I got more serious mm. into figure skating, I, I really saw nutrition as a way to optimize performance. Like, why would you not do everything you can do to be the best figure skater you can? And how old were you with this thought of nutrition? So, <sighs> mind you, most kids don't get dried fruit in the Easter basket. For one thing, they get the eggs and the little bunny, the little little bunny rabbit made of candy. So how long, I, I mean, know. you were how young thinking elementary about nutrition in elementary like school eight, thinking eight about nutrition old or something. That is so <laughs> out of the box and why you're who you are today, but continue. Yeah. So you were able to turn nutrition to right, your advantage. Right. And I'd see mm-hmm. these other figure skaters and they were just eating like junk food all day, like cup of noodles and soda mm-hmm. and, you know, whatever else they could get from the snack bar at the local rink. Right. Um, and Anyway, my focus, you know, I've always been, I don't know, an all or nothing person. And right. so my focus was I'm going to put in as much as I can with nutrition, mm-hmm. really focus on eating optimally. Um, and anyway, it, it paid off. Right. Um, I ate well. I performed well. I also grew a few inches at some point. Well, that and- <laughs> late bloomer, late bloomer and all, and that kind of just put you over the top, didn't it? Yes, yeah. exactly. Okay, well, um, that's good to know. We have a lot of athletic families. Uh, my daughter plays uh, Division One tennis, and um, certainly ath- nutrition, from what I knew at that time, played a big part in it. And a lot of it was about protein and things like that, but we'll get into that a little later because we have this whole myth about protein and what's the best sourcing of protein. Don't get me started. Yeah, we're going to get on that for a minute. We're going <sighs> to talk about it. But um, we want to learn, just tell us a little bit how you got to Greenville. How did you get to Greenville from from the, you know, world right. team to right, Greenville right, right. to tell us about your journey. Um, let's see. So grew up in Boston when I was 17. I moved down to Virginia. So okay. I went to University of Virginia. I studied okay. Biomedical engineering there. Um, my uncle had gone to UVA. And so my family was familiar with the school mm-hmm. and you so know, Cavaliers, right? Yes. 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 Go Cavs. Cavaliers. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so I went down to Virginia, studied engineering there. It was, you know, I love engineering. It's so interesting. I love the problem solving aspect to it. Um, it allows for a more creative approach to, to life really. Nobody um, thinks that a lot of times when you think engineering, you think structure, but you as a, it's, a, so, a, it's creative. so creative, interesting biomedical engineering yeah. seems so structured, but that led you through the process uh, to medicine. Yeah, that is I, so interesting. I won't get on too much of a tangent, but really Engineering is so similar to lifestyle medicine. Um, it really, really just, it allows you to reframe the question. You know, like when mm-hmm. people come in with high blood pressure, right. the classic approach is, oh, blood pressure is too high. Like, you know, what is the problem? It is the blood pressure. What is the answer? A medicine to lower blood pressure. Whereas the engineering approach should be, you know, to really step back and say, like, what is the question? You mm-hmm. know, like, if we're going to solve this person's high blood pressure, like, you know, what what really caused it in the first place? And so right. the engineering Origin. That's approach the engineer. takes more okay. of a step back and won't only look at the high blood pressure, but will also take into account other factors. Mm-hmm. Um, like in the medical world, looking at the patient's other diagnoses. So same thing in engineering. I don't know. Let's see. Let If you're creating some medical device or, you know technology or mm-hmm. whatever else, you're not only looking at what that technology is going to do, but the broader picture of how it's going to 
apply to some situation. Wow. Okay, so that engineering <laughs> took you so nicely into that's not normally. Normally people are bio, bio majors, but you were a biomed. So you went into a medical school and yeah. continued. Did you think that you were going to be in lifestyle medicine? No, or did you actually I didn't in have mind? that insight into how relevant they were until mm-hmm. much more recently. Um, but really I just, you know, I just noticed engineering was uh, probably a little too antisocial for me. I needed something where I could work with people, um, listen to to myself speak all day. Okay. I, I like doing that. <laughs> no, you know bit. what I mean? I just needed something more interactive and engaging. And, you know, in the engineering world, you can work on a project for an entire year and then, you know, it just doesn't work out in the end and voila, mm-hmm. your year is gone. Um, anyway, so I uh, stuck around in Virginia for four more years, finished medical school. Mm-hmm. Um, I was applying to residency programs and um, I was looking for a program that had a good community focus or a place okay. I thought would be um, really open-minded to community medicine, bigger picture of, you know, public health. Um, I also Googled best places to live for young people. Okay, and... you were doing a... <laughs> I know, I was doing my that homework. You are doing your homework. There's, what, yeah. 450 family medicine programs around the U.S.? Um, and then I was looking at programs that had a strong sports medicine program also. Okay. Former athlete, you were yeah, still in that you space. Know, I just kind of thought that was the most relevant wellness related thing I can do because lifestyle medicine is not quite as popular and well established the way sports medicine right. is. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So I did all my research and I said, okay, I'm going to Denver. Okay, Denver's. Okay, <laughs> and, there's a lot. And of I guess I wasn't stuff. on Denver's list, but I opened my envelope and it said Greenville, South Carolina. Uh-huh. And I said, okay, y'all. <laughs> Here I am. Exactly. Yeah, that Greenville. So, but, you, you know, in hindsight, I mean, mm-hmm. I love Greenville for so many reasons, um, but it, it actually worked out great because down in South Carolina, this is where we need lifestyle medicine the most. Right. Aren't our, so this, this, I was looking at some stats and it looks like there's like a higher prevalence of obesity here and inflammation and those kind of conditions. I think 74% of African-Americans are suffering from obesity in the state of South Carolina. How does obesity play a role? And we're kind of dipping into what we're going to talk about next segment. Yeah. But how does obesity play a role in, 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 in the inflammation and health? Yeah. Well, I like to think of obesity not as a, a diagnosis, mm-hmm. but as like a a side effect, you know, the root of the problem, 95% of the time is diet. Diet leads Mm. to inflammation. It sets the stage for obesity. Diet also leads to inflammation. That sets the stage for heart disease, for cancer, for diabetes, for everything else. Um, So diet really is at the foundation of everything, including obesity. So that's just one part of the bigger picture. Well, that's very interesting. Um, I would like to kind of go back to that when we come back from the commercial break. But uh, I wanted to talk about how the a lot of doctors, when people go to their doctor and they kind of talk about it, I don't know if they're they're getting that information. Is do you get enough information in medical school to kind of talk about that? You went above and beyond to kind of get this plant based background, this lifestyle medicine. How hard is it to kind of get access to or learn about nutrition in medical school? Classically, medical schools are teaching nutrition in terms of deficiency. Um, we are, you know, treating scurvy by giving patients vitamin C. This is all hypothetically in our medical textbooks. You know, we're we're learning about scurvy. Um, yeah, scurvy. The lemon, you know, the lemon thiamine deficiency, scurvy. Wow, folate deficiency. We're learning uh-huh. about deficiencies and deficiencies although they do occur in some people for example people who have had gastric bypass or right people in third world countries etc 
99% of the time, the most relevant nutrition is going to be the diseases of excess, not the diseases of deficiency. So right. I think medical education is definitely moving in the right direction, but isn't quite yet caught up to current disease. We're oh, still okay. a little bit stuck in the diseases of 50. Yeah, if we're talking about scurvy, to we're a little years behind. Ago. Yeah. We're a little behind because we're a little beyond scurvy, I think. So. Exactly, I know. So it looks like uh, it, it's important that we kind of uh, know this for ourselves as, as you know, people coming into the doctor's office, we have to kind of have a little base of information so that we can kind of help in healing ourselves. Would you agree? Of course, of course. Yeah. And I and I think that um, we have not been as successful at doing that because we don't have that information. Um, in the next segment, we'll be talking a little bit more about resources and information and tools that we can use to kind of learn this for ourselves. We have Google. We have so many resources, but Dr. there's Google. also conflicting <laughs> information out there either with Google. It's so conflicting. Um, let's talk a little bit uh, when we come back from the break about protein about nutrition. We have so much to cover. You know, I, I, I could just have like 60 segments with you because you just have so much information for us. But I'd like to talk a little bit about how to get the information that we need to get better and how to, um, you know, what, figure our way through plant-based living and, 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 how, and how protein plays a part and kind of these myths and get through those. So... I'm looking to make sure. So, uh, and so just one more question before we go to break. The old adage, you are what you eat. Um, how big a role, as you said before, diet plays a big role. How big a role does you are what you eat, uh, or even going back even further, um, um, let food be that medicine with Hippocrates. How, how big a role does that play now? How do we get people on board now to kind of listen to that? Why was that true then? And that is not as true now. It is. It is so important. I think food marketing really has thrown people off. It, you know, has mm. caused people to think, Industry. oh, I don't know. I can't even begin to get into the, the list of things that mm -hmm. food marketing has convinced people. Um, but I think food marketing is, is a big part of the problem. And, and some people just, I don't know, for some reason just can't understand that, you know, the, the food that they bathe their internal organs in three mm -hmm. times a day, they just can't understand that that is relevant and essential to our long-term health. Interesting. So that is very important. We'll get, we'll add to the commercial break. We'll come back to that very uh, topic about the importance of bathing our organs in, in healthy nutrients and phytonutrients and minerals. So back in a moment with Urban Eats Speaks. Are you tired of exercising and dieting like crazy, only to find you're still leaving the doctor's office with a fist full of prescriptions and a lot of bad news? Are you tired of your loved ones falling victim to completely preventable chronic diseases? If you answer yes, call Urban Eats at 877-581-3171. 877-581-3171. Three one seven one. Urban Eats is your premier plant-based food and wellness solutions company, specializing in big, healthy flavors, from prepared meals and food demos to advocacy and consulting and catering. With your health in mind, Urban Eats wants to partner with you. Change the health destiny of you and your family today at UrbanEats.com or call eight seven seven five eight one. 
Welcome back to Urban Eats Speaks, where we're radicalizing wellness with food and our wonderful conversation with Dr. Beth Morris with Greenville Family Medicine. Uh, and I look forward to, to you learning more about her. And we're having a great conversation here about lifestyle medicine. Um, and we're going to go right into that question. Um, Beth has a family in lifestyle medicine practice. And we want to ask that question. A lot of people don't know what lifestyle medicine is. What is lifestyle medicine, Dr. Beth? Okay. Lifestyle medicine. To give you some background, um, the American College of Lifestyle Medicine has been around for, I think, 15 years, 10 to 15 years. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's the group of physicians and allied health professionals who focus on using evidence-based lifestyle modalities, including eating style, including physical activity, sleep, stress management, no smoking, Mm -hmm. (laughs) minimizing alcohol, all that good stuff. It's not as boring as it sounds. Um, But basically using these evidence-based modalities to uh, treat, slow, prevent disease. For example, someone who is diagnosed with some cancer, we talk about how uh, following a more plant-based diet can help slow the progression. We talk about how exercise can improve outcomes, talk about the importance of sleep, stress management, and for everyone, we know smoking is not helpful. Right. Um, People still do that. It's oddly, though. Right. But yes. But understanding that. So I'm, I'm dual board certified in family medicine and lifestyle medicine. So I see some classic patients who okay. just want family medicine who are totally not interested in lifestyle medicine. And I also see the under or sorry, the other end of the spectrum, the people that are so perfect with their lifestyle that they really need to be coaching me. But what I oh, try wow. to do, what I try to do is kind <laughs> uh-huh. of balance those two out. Um, you know, some people are not ready for lifestyle medicine. They don't know what it is and just try to open the conversation with them and kind of push them along towards making positive lifestyle changes. Interesting. So, so a lot of the lifestyle, it sounds like holistic medicine, lifestyle medicine sounds like holistic medicine versus kind of the reductionist past of what we had, you know, focusing on one thing, you're focusing on multiple modalities versus the one thing. I think the, the real Simple way to put it is that lifestyle medicine focuses on treating the cause, whereas treating the cause. not always, but classic medicine often has a bias towards treating the symptoms. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, classic is arthritis. Arthritis, if someone comes in just wanting classic medicine, the treatment is an anti-inflammatory that will help right. the arthritis. That is treating the symptom. Treating the cause would be... of the time, figuring out what it is in their diet that they are reacting to poorly, causing them to have an inflammatory state and causing that arthritis. This seems like something that would be a no-brainer. Like you would automatically want to study not the symptom, but the cause. Because causation to me is cure and symptom is management. Yeah. um, it seems very simple, but apparently it's not. It's amazing that how it is people, amazing. People I feel think smart it's so now. novel, but I feel it's smart. Just, it's I, just the same old fruits because and I'm veggies. with Dr. Beth. I think I know stuff now. But <laughs> I, I really, I really think that that whole idea is so simple, but we don't grasp that concept. So I appreciate that you do both. You have the classic um, client that comes in, and you also have those who are interested in other. How do you? How do you? Get though, do you have anybody from your family practice that has come over to your lifestyle? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's my favorite. I know that. No, you love my that. My favorite yeah. thing is to convert uh-huh. someone. It's a fun challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I have one individual I'm working with. He's a, I think, maybe 40-some-year-old male. He had diabetes. He had gout, high blood pressure, overweight, and he had had repeated gout flares, and he kept mm. ending up in the ER, urgent care, and medications thrown at him. And Anyway, he came to see me, and um, I just kind of took a step back asking him what his goals were and explained to him that you know, a plant-based diet could absolutely reverse his diabetes because he's a young guy. He hasn't had diabetes for very long. He's only on oral medications. Lots of potential to reverse that diabetes. Um, and also a plant-based diet could minimize his chance of having a gout flare. Um, and so we worked together. We went through all the dietary stuff. I promise it's following a plant-based diet is not as hard as it may sound. Mm-hmm. Um and got him back 12 weeks later, hasn't had a gout flare at all. He is completely off his diabetes medications, and his A1C is in the normal range. So Wow, wow. It, See, it was great. He went to, That's remarkable. He went to check mm-hmm. out, and he goes to the front desk, and he goes, uh, I need to make a follow-up appointment for 12 weeks. And guess what? I am off my diabetes medicine. Oh, wow. This should yeah. be like a celebration well, in the lobby for that. This should be like, a celebration for that. He's just mm-hmm. he's just like a big, strong guy. Not not exactly the type that you would peg as someone who would want to follow a plant-based diet. Mm-hmm. But that's why that's why you can't peg people and you just got to approach right. lifestyle mm-hmm. medicine, you know, with everyone. That's true. My my um uh, For those who don't know who are tuned in, I am a um, vegan, whole food, plant-based chef. And my husband is a former um, football athlete with the Wake Forest. He's running back. He's not the type who would seem to be a plant-based lifestyle follower, but uh, certainly he does follow that. And we just are excited. He had allergies and some other health things, and he doesn't have any meds. He doesn't have a lot of any of those flare-ups now. It really made the difference in his life. Tell me a little bit more about plant-based lifestyle. And um, just to, what is a plant-based lifestyle? People don't know what that is. They There's some confusion about it. What is a plant-based lifestyle, right. Dr. Beth? So plant-based in its broadest sense means an eating style that is based in fruits, vegetables, whole grains, and legumes. If you look at the civilization... What is it oh, for my beans, audience? sorry, mm-hmm. beans. Okay, okay. Just <laughs> beans. for the audience. Mm-hmm. I think it includes like peanuts and lentils and beans. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, so... If you look at the communities around the world that have the most longevity and the least chronic disease, these have been named the blue zones. They tend to have the highest percentage of centenarians. Um, so it's Okinawa, Japan, Loma Linda, California, Nicoya, Costa Rica, Icaria, Greece, mm-hmm. and Sardinia, Italy. Wow, I rarely am able to name all five. Um, but hit- all of those mm-hmm. communities mm-hmm. tend to follow a more plant-based diet. Loma Linda, California is the only one that is 100% plant-based. The other ones tend to have a little bit of meat or a little bit of cheese, but for the most part, 95% of their calories, meaning 19 out of 20 meals per week, are based in plant-based foods. Mm -hmm. Um, So in the U, I mean, mean, part of the reason a plant-based diet is so effective for these communities is because it is the healthiest way to eat to prevent and reverse the vast majority of chronic disease, heart disease, cancer, and diabetes being the top three that I, I see in the office. And that is not the standard American diet, right? The standard American diet is completely not what they, those those areas are doing. Standard American diet, can you tell me a little bit about that and how that impacts health? That's not a plant-based lifestyle, is it? That's the opposite, is or tell me. It is. If you could design a diet to create the most chronic disease in the least amount of time, it would probably be the standard American diet. Wow, that's so great. we got it. we got to... So we got to know that that's a part of what we are teaching our children and the 
you know, the model, the FDA's model, the model of what Amer- we're supposed to be eating, the standard American diet is actually making, is the most unhealthy, says Dr. Beth. And yeah. I, there's, there's statistics that, that prove that out. Yeah. And I think the real problem is, you know, I don't truly believe the whole world needs to be 100% vegan or vegetarian. I just think we have gotten so far away from that 95% plant-based. Mm-hmm. Um, I think 100% vegan or vegetarian can be a healthy way to eat. Um, especially if you're trying to prevent or reverse some chronic disease, I absolutely recommend 100% whole foods, plant-based. There are some people that are, I don't know, I'm an all or nothing person, you know. I am too. I'm a hundred percent. So we're the wrong one for this particular but segment. But to be inclusive, to mm-hmm. be inclusive, you know, looking at the definition of plant-based around the world, it means at least 95%. It's just really hard for people in the U.S. to do 95%. Because they tell their friends they have chicken sometimes, they have cheese sometimes. The next thing they know, they're eating meat seven evenings a week out with their friends. So um, anyway, I I recommend 100%, although I can understand that people who are more plant-based are mm-hmm. going to be better off than people who are following more of a standard American diet. Okay. So what we'd like to do, uh, so some statistics I, I got from the South Carolina Department of uh, DHEC, the DHEC, instead of me trying to figure out what the DHEC is, I do know what it is, everybody. <laughs> but um, uh, just some startling statistics because we're getting to the end of the segment. Diabetes disproportionately impacts racial and ethnic minorities with higher incidence, complication, and death rates for minorities. There's also a higher incidence of cancer, and all this comes from diet. Um, for the majority of this comes from diet. African Americans are more likely to... Uh, to die from heart disease and there are a variety of reasons that's going on. But what I would like you guys to do just before we get out of this segment and go too far, I want to make sure you know how to get in contact with Dr. Beth Morris. Her phone number at Greenville family medicine is 864-271-7761. That's 864-271-7761. I hate to interrupt the interview, but I definitely want to get that in. I know a lot of you are wondering, how can I get in touch with this great lady? Um, she also, if you're, you're, if you're social media friendly, she's got a great, uh, uh, page there called Food is Medicine Greenville. Food is Medicine Greenville. I'm a member and I'm excited. I've learned so much from Dr. Moore, Dr. Beth, and, um, you will learn a lot too. We can't get everything in in one segment, but what we do want to do is thank Dr. Beth Morris for coming today. And, and if you have any questions or are looking for, um, another doctor or someone just to consult with, Dr. Beth Morris is the person for you. Um, and, um, if you're interested in anything to do with food, um, call Urban Eat Speaks or Urban Eats. Uh, we certainly can help you with, uh, finding recipes and very easy ways to transition into a plant-based lifestyle. So, Dr. Morris, um, we have just a little moment of time. I'd like to give you the uh, opportunity to close out and tell us what, what would you like our audience to know about being healthy? Oh, so much. I know. But I would say if you're at all interested in the subject, there's a great book out there called How Not to Die by Michael Greger. I have that book, yes. Yes, it is so good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people just like to think that, oh, you know, we just don't know. We need more research. But that's really not the case. We have a lot of information already about how to prevent reverse disease. So start with that book. It's great. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Morris, for coming today. And how how we're going to have all the resources up online for um, at urban-eats.com so that we can um, pull those resources that Dr. Morris has and also go to Food is Medicine Greenville. Thanks for joining Urban Eats Speaks. Um, we're radicalizing wellness one bite at a time with food, and we look forward to see, hearing from you next week and you tuning in. Thanks. I hate these words that I say. You better think about your choices.